In this podcast episode, we look at the differences between the American and the French revolutions. We start with the definition of revolution. A revolution is a complete overturning of the existing class hierarchy in society so that the class on the top and the bottom exchange places during the revolution. We call this a social revolution. I like to borrow a definition that Eugene Weber, a famous historian, gave about a revolution, and here I'm quoting him. He said, a revolution is rather like rolling a snowball down a slope. It isn't very easy to get it going, but once it's on its way, it's very hard to stop it from rolling and growing until it becomes an avalanche that upsets the entire social order that exists in society. The American Revolution does not look like a true revolution, at least when you compare it to the French Revolution. The nationality of the class that was in control before the Revolution and the class that controlled America after the Revolution changed, that is, the nationality changed from English to American, but not the class itself. The middle class in England had controlled America before 1776, and the middle class in America continued to control America after 1776. It was a struggle for home rule, not a change in who it was that ruled at home. So what you see in America is that the American Revolution, as Weber pointed out, very soon stopped being a revolution. The snowball was stopped in its tracks before it could become an avalanche. And it's almost impossible to find another revolution like that in the catalog of revolutions that litter or populate world history. Revolutions are not stable. They tend to get out of hand. They tend to lead to radical violence. And they tend to lead to the opposites of what they're supposed to lead to, which is greater freedom and liberty for the people. So many historians don't consider the American Revolution to be a genuine social revolution. The main thing about America was that what you had with the Declaration of Independence and the beginnings of the Revolution was an outpouring of very radical ideas, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That was even more radical than John Locke. So Jefferson substituted pursuit of happiness for property, and in that sense, it was quite radical. So you have these radical ideas that are dropped like a bomb in a society that is already fairly equal with the notable exception, the enormous exception, of black slavery. Obviously, America was not an equalitarian place, not so long as slavery existed, and one in five Americans was African American. So, most of those were slaves. So, obviously, America was an unequal place. But if we make an exception of slavery, then we could say that for white people, America was amazingly democratic for the standards of the time. And therefore, when these radical ideas were introduced into American society, 
they did not create an explosion because the society was already free except for black slavery. And therefore, there was no need to launch a genuine social revolution to create a society that matched the radical ideas of the Declaration of Independence. But in the case of the French Revolution, you have a completely unequal society. They didn't have slavery in France, but everyone who lived in France was categorized according to a class designation, and only the aristocrats and the church had real power in France. The middle class, which pretty much ruled America, had virtually no power in pre-revolutionary France. And so when France in 1789 tried to duplicate the achievement of the American Revolution in 1776, it was not just a bomb in, in principle, but a bomb in practice, because in order to fulfill the radical ideas of the American Revolution introduced into France, France had to undergo a complete overturning of the existing class hierarchy so that the class on the top and the bottom exchanged places. That's when the revolution became an avalanche. In the case of the American Revolution, what you have with the United States Constitution in 1787 was the stopping of the snowball before it could become an avalanche. What happened in Philadelphia in 1787 was that the Founding Fathers reversed the process. They reversed gears, and they began to take power away from the people who had been promised so much power in the Revolution, and they created a government that would be centralized, would be powerful, and would be relatively remote from the control of the people. So the Constitution created a less democratic government than the Articles of Confederation, which had been the government during the American Revolution. And so what we have is virtually the only example in history, in the case of the American Revolution, of a revolution that stopped being a revolution with the signing of the Constitution. And the reason why this could be done is because most classes in America who were not middle class aspired to rise to the middle class. There wasn't really an aristocracy, certainly not by birth in America, that had to be violently removed. It didn't exist, so there was no need to have violence to remove it. There was a poor class, for sure, but there were no laws that barred the poor from rising to the middle class, and America seemed to be a land of opportunity. Therefore, the ideas of the American Revolution did not need to be fulfilled through violence because the poor aspired to join the middle class through peaceful means. And that's why when the Founding Fathers essentially launched a counter-revolution in 1787, taking power away from the people, the people really did not object, but this was not going to be the case in Paris in 1789. We'll look at the French Revolution all by itself in a separate podcast. 
But I wanted to introduce the whole concept of revolution in this podcast. And on the website, you will see a question that you can answer on the discussion board regarding the relative differences between the French Revolution and the American Revolution based on this podcast. Until our next episode, this is Dr. Ryman. Thank you.